Hi, you're listening to Bluffs, Brooks, and Byways, a podcast highlighting the best of Northeast Iowa. I'm your host and producer, Morgan Thias, the communication and outreach specialist for Northeast Iowa Resource Conservation and Development, also known as RCD. We are a small nonprofit that serves seven counties in Iowa Alamakee, Buchanan, Chickasaw, Clayton, Fayette, Howard, and Winnishig in addition to byways that travel through Jackson, Jones, and Delaware counties. Our mission is to recognize opportunities and provide leadership to make Northeast Iowa a vibrant, place-based model for the nation. We love the people and places that make Northeast Iowa unique and special. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Bluffs, Brooks, and Byways. Today, we are joined virtually with Bubba Sorensen, an Iowa icon for so many reasons, but of course the now 100 Freedom Rocks throughout the counties in Iowa. I'm so excited to have you here with us to tell us all about the entire project, how it got started, and how you managed to do all of these incredible projects. I just wanted to let the audience know that I'm probably going to give you a run for your money because I was painting rocks until about fifth grade, and no, I'm totally kidding. I'm the worst artist in the world. It's really bad. (laughs) But let's jump right into it, and I'll let you do the talking. First, can you introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. My name is Ray Sorensen. I'm from southwest Iowa. grew up in Fontenelle, live in Greenfield. I've been known as Bubba since I've been about two months old. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm married to my wife, Maria. have three kids now, just had the third. I was going to ask, how did you get the nickname Bubba? Yeah, I was a fat baby and my dad thought it would be funny to call me Bubba and and I didn't realize how ridiculous it was until it was far too late and everybody already knew me as Bubba. Um, I didn't realize my real name was Ray until I was about five years old in school and teachers started calling me Ray. So that's kind of how we ended up. You were committed. I was committed by that point. Okay, so before I get too deep into the questions, do you do this artwork full time? Well, kind of yes and no. Uh, yes, but uh, I was elected to the uh, state legislature. And so I do that part of the time and that, you know, the artwork, the other part. So um, yes, as soon as the as the session ends, I am full time uh, mural artist. So basically two full time jobs as it is now, right? I mean, it seems like it. Yeah, because yeah. uh, a lot of times when I'm painting a rock, I'm on the phone with a constituent. <laughs> That's a good thing that you can balance them both like that. I'm trying. Okay, so where do I even begin? I really do have so many questions, so many thoughts, but let's start back in 1999. That's when the Freedom Rock Project officially started with your tribute to veterans on Memorial Day. Can you tell us about that mm-hmm. first rock and where it was or is and how you got started? Yeah, I, uh, it sits about 12 miles north of where I live now. And I live in Greenfield, so it sits kind of out in the middle of Adair County, um, not really in a town. Um, it sits just about a mile south of uh, Interstate 80 exit 86. And uh, what it is kind of a marker for is the entrance to a rock quarry. And that's kind of how it came to sit there. Um, they were digging and mining for, uh, I think, specifically limestone, um, but maybe something else. And they hit this large you know, boulder that they didn't really need, but they needed to get out of the way. Back in the 60s, when they hit this, they didn't have the equipment that they do today. And so they tried to lift it and it busted the crane. 
and then they tried to like move it and it, it ended up taking like three d8 cats pulling and two pushing to roll it where it sat like right next to the highway and uh and kids started to graffiti it you know year after year you know there'd be all kinds of stuff you know just obviously a wide range of you know quote unquote artists uh attempting to you know graffiti this rock it uh one of the one of the uh the last times before I ended up painting it the winter before I ended up painting it was uh, Santa Claus with his pants down moon in the traffic. So there was a wide, wide range of things that uh, ended up being on that rock. But I saw the movie Saving Private Ryan and uh, I was very inspired. I've always had a soft spot in my heart for veterans. Uh, my uncle Ted served in uh, Vietnam and didn't get a very good welcome home. And so when I watched that movie, that was the first military movie that I've seen that just really like shook me to my core, you know, as the men are storming the beaches of Normandy, literally spilling their guts for our country. And I mean, it was just in such graphic detail that you finally, as a citizen that wasn't a veteran or part of war or part of combat, you kind of got a sense of maybe just a little bit of what, what it felt like, you know? And uh, so I was like, as soon as I stepped out of the theater, I was like, I have to say thank you to our veterans. And I, painted that thank you onto uh this large 12 foot tall um you know approximately 60 ton boulder that uh that's what where i just told you <laughs> that's amazing so i knew it kind of came from saving private ryan i didn't know if there was like a specific mm -hmm. scene or something and what really inspired you but do you want to talk about what you painted on that after seeing saving private ryan well, you know, what popped into my head of what I thought I could create, um, you know, at this point, I'd never painted a mural, I've barely painted at all at this point. I, you know, I, as an artist in Southwest Iowa, our, our art um, classes were pretty limited. We didn't have, you know, extensive paints and, and you know, crafts that maybe some of the richer schools had, uh, you know, it was very limited. I, I did a lot of drawing. And uh, so, this was kind of one of my first real paintings. I painted the flag raising at Iwo Jima because that that image popped into my head. And it's just such an iconic image. And uh, I thought it represented, even though it's Marines and, and, and not any other branches, I just, I don't know, it's just very all encompassing. I put thank you veterans for our freedom. And I didn't even paint the whole rock. You could like that first rock, there was graffiti around the backside of it. I just painted the face that you could see from the highway. And so, uh, you know, even in even doing that, I picked oil paint and acrylic paint. I didn't even have the right set of paint. I, you know, I really didn't know what I was doing. You can really, if you go back and look at my very first Freedom Rock, you know, to 23 years later or 23 versions later, you can see how I've grown as an artist, um, just kind of teaching myself the trade year after year. So how many years did you do that first rock? before beginning the 99 counties one well i still do that rock um every may for memorial day i go out and repaint it with something different and, and have for the past 23 years but let's see i started the tour a little less than a decade ago and so you said you still repaint that original rock in adair county every year is it always inspired by saving private ryan or do you come up with new ideas yeah i mean it, the i always just remind people you know kind of what kicked it off you know what were the initial inspirations but then after that i thought i knew about 
our veteran service, I thought I knew about our history, but the more I've dove into, you know, each branch and not only each branch, but each era that they've served in each war and conflict, um, I've just, you know, dug so much deeper and found so many stories. So each, yeah, each rock, I don't even know, everybody always asks, what's the theme? It's like, well, the theme is always going to be honoring our veterans and their service, but there's just going to be different stories. I, I like to tell stories through my artwork or see if I can, you know, take, take this, this picture of this veteran and maybe illustrate their service in some sort of way and inspire people to be like, you know, wow, this, these people have, you know, bravely served our country, you know, and we continue to just be, you know, kind of a spoiled country that, you know, goes and gets our Starbucks and, you know, goes to the mall and, and, uh, you know, we often forget because we're so comfortable that there are, there are men and women standing at the ready um, to defend us. And, uh, and so that's, that's always kind of what I'm looking to do is inspire people and remind people about that. I love that. So backing up just a little bit, and you talked about it a little bit already. How did you become such an incredible artist? You said you were relatively self-taught or did you go to school for it? You were drawing and then transitioned into painting. Yeah, I had amazing, uh, elementary, junior high and high school art teachers. I'd Steve McDermott um, in elementary, and he was an amazing artist. And I had Connie Rash in junior high, and she was an amazing artist. And Alan Derby as a high school teacher, he was an amazing artist as well. And they all had different styles and different things that I could learn from. And uh, just very lucky that I kind of had that that group. And then and then Mr. Derby would, you know, I didn't know what to major in, and as I was going to college and. And he was like, you should major in art. You should, I, I, I really think that you should be an artist and that you should major in art. And I'm like, ah, oh, you can't make any money in art, you know? But when it came down to it, I, you know, I chose to major in art and design at Iowa State. And so that's kind of what I give them a lot of credit for pushing me to be in that because, you know, it's just, it's just not something that's pushed. You know, a lot of the trades aren't, aren't pushed a lot in schools, you know, and especially like mural art and, and, and being an artist, it's, it's kind of thought of as, oh, that's, you know, I've, I don't know how many times I get asked, what's your real job as I'm putting in eight to 12 hour days painting a rock. Um, and I'm like, I, I don't know how you think I could just be out here every day of the year and have a real job. I, you know, that's, art is a real job and can be a real job. Um, so anyway that's kind of <clears throat> that's who I give credit to and I, I don't even know that I consider myself an amazing artist I, I I guess I'm just an artist that's still learning that's so cool that they pushed you into that field because you're right I don't think those trades get pushed enough so you also said that you have transitioned in what you're using for painting these racks can you talk about what kind of paint you use and where did these large racks even come from yeah, a lot of people are curious about the rocks, and I wish I'd majored in geology, actually, because I had no idea that I was going to pick the absolute worst surface in the world to paint on for a living. The rocks more than likely usually come from like how the glacier, the glacier deposited like a lot of boulders as it came from Canada down through the United States. Um, so a lot of farmers hit them in their fields with their equipment. And then they try and dig them up. And if they're too big, they just kind of rebury over them. But some farmers, you know, see it as a challenge. They're like, I'm going to get that big rock out of there. And they dig and dig and dig. And they get these huge monstrosities out of their fields. Um, but otherwise, you know, they come breaking off from big pieces and rock quarries and stuff like that. Um, but I, I would say most of the rocks that I painted came from like a local farmer's field um, in that county. Um, 
Now the paint, I started with just outdoor house paint. And you know, that's that's good enough, but it's <clears throat> it just tends to wear a lot quicker than the paint that I use now. And I use like a silicate paint now. It's a lot more expensive because it's not something you can just pick up at the local hardware store. But it's meant for rock and rock like surfaces. So it, it tends to have a lot longer life. But again, painting it on a rock, you know, this paint's more designed to be painted on like brick and cement and things like that, that you know what the surface is, you know what you're painting on. With the rock, you've just, I call them God's little snowballs of sediment because you have no idea there's iron, there's granite, there's limestone, there's everything. And it could be all compacted into the one. And so as you, as your brush stroke brings the paint across it, it's going to attach differently to each sediment that comes across this random canvas. And so it's, it's definitely a challenge to do that, not only to get something to look like a face or like a flag on a very rough and jagged surface, but then to make sure that it's actually going to stay and adhere. So at the risk of sounding like an idiot. I am curious, do you do like a white base over the whole thing or do you just like start with your colors? So at the beginning of it, I kind of covered all of the rock with a primer Okay. and, and then work from there. But then I really, I really hated covering all of the rock. So if I could manage, even if it was just leaving just a little bit of the rock showing, I never wanted to completely cover all of the rock. I wanted to leave some of that rock because otherwise it just looks like a big painted blob. But if you leave some of that rock showing, your mind can make sense of it that, oh, that's a painted boulder. And it can kind of give some faux effects of, you know, that looks like a real flag draped on there. If you shadow it and then, you know, leave some of the real rock showing, it looks like, you know, maybe it's a real flag draped over that. So I started leaving more and more rock and using more and more negative space if I could. Um, you know, some of the smaller rocks, it's hard to leave a lot of rock showing because, you know, it's a small rock and you kind of want to put some artwork on it. But some of the large rocks, I think, uh, look better because I allowed that negative space to work through. And then, yeah, I mean, the primer, I, I want to prime it. Um, first, I want to clean it and then I want to prime it. And then then it just many, many layers. And then there's there's obviously a sealant that you can use, too. So as the byway coordinator for four of the Northeast Iowa byways, I'm lucky to have a tie to seven of the 99 art pieces. And I apologize in advance if I'm a little biased towards those ones. For example, I know the Clayton County Rock has things like Iowa's seventh governor, the Capitol, and Eagle. This rock is a little more general to the state other than that governor living in McGregor. But other, like the Fayette County ones, have a specific William Larrabee and Upper Iowa connection on the painted rock. Do you have a lot of research that goes into the county before you make that decision? Not only do I put the research in, but I really have to give a lot of credit to each Freedom Rock committee because I, I put that on them, you know, because I'm like, I'm not from your area. So if I just do the research, there's going to be some things that I miss. And inevitably, there's things that the Freedom Rock committee misses. But like I try to remind people, I can't put every single story on anyway. You know, I can only cherry pick some of the ones that I find interesting or that I think I can make make sense out of making a mural and telling a story. Like I said, I kind of like to tell a little bit of a story with it. So yeah, it, it, you learn a lot. You, I do some research, they do some research. We kind of meet in the middle and then I do a sketch and then I kind of give them a little bit of a veto power. Like, gosh, we really, you know, this veteran's got this memorial and that memorial. I don't really, you know, can we do something different? Um, or, you know, something like that. There's, there's always, 
everybody's got opinions. And uh, that's kind of one of the reasons I don't do the sketch. I, I don't do the sketch for them like way in advance, because if I do, they'll nitpick it. I'll nitpick it until we all hate each other because everybody's got their opinions and their person that they want on there. So I, I kind of wait till the end. I give them one little, you know, hey, look it over because we're it's go time. Make your changes and then then go. So that was kind of my next question. Do they tell you what you want or how does that work? And you kind of explained that. So there's a committee that basically tells you mm -hmm. like these are our top five things and then you compile it based yeah. on that. I do my own research on top of it and I'm thinking like, why aren't they using this guy, you know, or something like that. And sometimes they don't know, like I've done research and they're like, we didn't even realize this guy was from our county or had a tie to our county. Yeah, that'd be awesome. You know, and sometimes there's a reason that they're, they've left, you know, him or her out and we talk about it sometimes, you know, I, I'm like, I twist their arm a little bit. I'm like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to put this veteran on because he's that important or she's that important. And, and, uh, and sometimes I allow them, you know, like ultimately I want them to be happy with it, but in large part, it's a, it's something that I've created and, and as my 99 piece puzzle that I'm putting together here. I kind of know what style and what I can do and what I want to say. So, you know, that's, that's how it comes out. So what have you learned in the process of touring Iowa? Are there any like crazy, interesting facts about the state that you want to share? I mean, Iowa is one giant small town. I make this joke a lot and I don't even know if it ever lands, but every single Iowa town is exactly the same, but a little bit different. I go to every County and I, there's always I've joked also that I've started 99 pissing matches between in the counties because if one town gets the Freedom Rock, the, the town over gets mad and they're like, oh, we're not, you know, they, they get all competitive and each county thinks that they're unique in that. I'm like, literally all 99 counties have towns that hate each other. It is exactly the same in, in every area, but there's there's just such a huge overwhelming sense of Iowa nice we all are we all wave at each other you know I can you know I pull the old farmer finger wave uh, you know off the steering wheel and I can do that anywhere in Iowa and 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 get a wave back so I love this state it's it'll always be home so what about yeah. famous people I believe I saw a picture with you from someone from the band Slipknot have you met any other famous quote-unquote people that you've connected with well you know I've met like uh Dan Gable you know people like that high level I, i've one of the funny stories is dolly parton signed my guest book at the original freedom rock anybody could have written it but somebody said that they saw a huge tour bus and that a bunch of people got out and nobody stopped by to see for sure but then there was the, a signature from from dolly parton there so i didn't get a meet but that that one would have been a big one but uh yeah a couple of members of the the band slipknot had seen the rock and had commented on it and had been down there and uh one of the people that we mutually know together was like you're a fan of slipknot and i was like well yeah everybody in iowa is they've kind of put us on the map heavy metal wise it, it, so they arranged for uh chris to come down and he came down I, I figured he would just come down without his mask but he come down in full makeup with his mask uh, took a picture with me in front of the freedom rock and then we went out to dinner you know it was also one of those things that was like don't tell anybody you know I'll, you know we'll go out to dinner but you know i don't don't tell anybody i'm there and i got so much crap from so many different friends that were like you had one of the members of Slipknot and Greenfield eaten with you and you didn't tell me. And I was like, well, yeah, that was kind of. Born to secrecy, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, that was really cool. 
On the same note, news sources, the Freedom Rock Project has really blown up in Iowa. Have you been featured on any other like nationwide news platforms? Yeah, I've uh, I've I've had stories run on CNN. I've I've been flown out by Fox News to New York. I've done a few of the the remote deals where they kind of have you do a remote feed from Des Moines or whatever. I've done a few of those interviews. Um, I've been featured on uh, the Travel Channel before, and gosh, I'm trying to think National Geographic and some of those. Um, it's just kind of sprinkled throughout the years. You know, you can tell that like a, a journalist kind of just catches wind of it. And they're like, oh, there's this weird guy that paints rocks in Iowa. Let's let's run a story. And uh, that's kind of how it gets picked up. And and now podcasts are kind of becoming podcasts. a thing. And so you know, thing, right? a, get, get, a, get a few uh, talented podcasters like yourself out there. And uh, it only it, it helps. Awesome. So switching away from the Freedom Rock Project itself, I want to know a little bit more about you and the guy behind the incredible feat of completing 100 rocks. Does your family help you do any of this or do they paint too? Oh yeah. I've had a paintbrush in every single one of my kids' hands every year of their life. So like even when they're absolute babies, I, I put a paintbrush in their hand and I let them kind of do whatever they want on the original Freedom Rock, just so I can say that they've had a paintbrush in their hand every year. And uh, both of my older two have really taken to it. I would say Indy does is an amazing creative person, but her attention span isn't as long. So she has a, a million and one great ideas, but she'll only paint for like 15 minutes and she's bored. You know, she's done. She wants to go on to creating something else. My little boy, Michael, he, he may not be as creative, but I took him with me a couple of times. He would work for six, seven hours straight. And the only thing he would ask me or say is what's the next color, dad, and just fill stuff in. And he, I mean, just got a heck of a work ethic. So yeah, they've, they've painted. And then there's been a couple where, you know, Maria is obviously with us too, my wife, and she, she's grabbed a paintbrush and, and uh, painted on a few of the rocks as well. So how old are your kids? Independence is... 10 michael is seven and liberty was born august 18th so she's a couple months old oh so do you paint anything other than rocks you said you started by drawing now that you've done all these counties are you looking to do commission work or anything like that yeah so i'm i'm i've started the 50 state freedom rock tour so next i'm heading to illinois to put to do their freedom rock um my goal is i'd like to have at least one freedom rock in all 50 states um, I've got multiple done in, in Minnesota and Missouri. You know, I kind of like to try and have one in, in all 50 if, if I could. Also, yeah, I've got some murals book. Next year, I'll be painting a couple walls, you know, things like that. So there's definitely, I'm a normal mural painter. I don't have to just paint on rocks. In fact, I'd probably pre prefer to have a, a more stable canvas, but I get why it's so interesting you know, because the rock shapes are all different. And just just going to see some of these massive boulders, even without paint on them, it's, it's kind of neat. I get why they're interesting. And I, of course, will paint people's rocks. There's been a few people that are like, we know our county already has a freedom rock, you know, would you come paint a rock for us? And we'll just call it the Liberty Rock or whatever. And uh, so I've, I've started doing that as well. Awesome. So before we end today, I have a fun activity that I end all of my shows with called Rapid Fire. I'm going to ask you questions and you have to say the first thing that comes to mind. Ready? I hope so. <laughs> They're easy <laughs> questions. Don't worry. What is your favorite yeah. winter activity? Sledding. Summer activity. Swimming and, and being on the lake. Yeah. 
So what is the best meal or restaurant that you've experienced in Iowa? Oh, man. That's that's hard to have a quick. It's there's so many levels of food, you know, from right? steakhouse like, to Mexican to fast food to everything. I would say, you know, I, I've got to give a shout out to to my family more than anything. I've got Mario's Sports Bar and Grill in Creston and the Olive Branch in Greenfield. And those are those are great restaurants that you've got to try if you're in Iowa. Are you an Iowa State fan or Iowa? Cyclone. That's where I went to college. Kayaking or canoeing? We, we always call it kayaking and yeah, the family and I love it. Best local pizza place. Hmm. I, I'd say again, Mario sports bar and grill and the olive branch in Greenfield. Awesome. So this one might not apply to you because I didn't realize that there weren't quick stars in Southern Iowa, but Casey's are quick star. <laughs> yeah. I got to go with Casey's because that's, that's, you know, that I've been to quick start and I can tell you this, I, I love everything Casey's, but I do love quick stars donuts. And their cheese-filled breadsticks. Oh, they got that would be for my wife, definitely. She'd love that. Last question. Can you tell our audience your favorite rock and why? It's it's always going to be the original. Um, I call it the mothership. I, I repaint it every year, so I get to change it. As an artist, mo- many artists and many people that paint will understand what I mean when we're never really done with a piece. And so the fact that I get to go out and kind of change it and make it better and keep growing on that, that's that will always be my favorite there's also the ashes of over 150 different vietnam veterans mixed into the paint of that one as well so that one's a true memorial that's amazing so thank you so much for sitting down with me and telling me all about this amazing project in your life it was great to meet you even if it was virtually before we wrap up can you tell the audience how to connect with you if they have any other questions or want to learn more about the freedom rock project Absolutely. It was great to meet you as well, virtually. And and maybe on our tours, maybe we'll bump into each other. But you can reach me by going to thefreedomrock.com. And uh, just remember the the at the beginning. And then obviously on all the socials, you know, we're available and those are on the website as well. So we strongly encourage you to submit ideas, ask questions, or connect with us. And as always, you can find the links to our social media pages, as well as information on the Freedom Rock, all within the show notes. If you're interested in chatting with me or someone else on the Byway or our CND team, we would love to hear from you. Tune in every week for new episodes highlighting business development, recreational activities, historic locations, natural resources, and of course, helpful hints to make your trip along the byway an incredible one. You can also find us on Facebook, online at northeastiowarcd.org, or by contacting our office in Postville. A special thank you to the staff at RCD in Postville and the byway coordinators all across Iowa for helping make this podcast possible. Thank you again for listening to Bluffs, Brooks, and Byways. And remember, adventure awaits and the byway can take you there.